Forbes Books presents The Sky's the Limit with host Dee Brown, the president and CEO of the P3 Group, the nation's largest minority, public, private, partnership real estate developer. Here's Dee. I'm back with best-selling author and philanthropist John Hope Bryant, the founder of Operation Hope and the founder of the Promise Homes Company. John, we've talked about what you're doing with Operation Hope, and I want to get into your Promise Homes Company. But before we do, I want to talk about your book, Up From Nothing, The Untold Story of How We All Succeed. And in it, you say one of the biggest problems in America today is radical indifference. What did you mean by that? Dr. King, Martin Luther King Jr., dealt with something much more pervasive and dangerous. Uh, He dealt with, uh, at least on the surface, he dealt with love and hate. I love you or I hate you, and I'm going to express my hate. I may or may not express my love, but I'm certainly going to express my hate towards you. He knew exactly how people felt about him. What we have been dealing with for the last going on 30 years, in my opinion, is not love or hate. It's a sliding scale into what I call radical indifference. Folks who don't actually care for you enough to hate you. (laughs) (laughs) So I put this in my two books ago, The How the Poor Can Save Capitalism, I believe I I described it. I think I retold a large version of the story in this current book. But I was in Harlem and this black man was talking about President Reagan, then President Reagan. And he and I were born on the same day, and I knew President Reagan. He said, oh, President Reagan's a racist. I said, no, I, I, I know President Reagan. I mean, he's not my cup of tea. He's not, his policies weren't my policies, but he's a decent guy. I, I don't think he's a racist. Oh, no, President Reagan was a racist. I said, I really don't think he's a racist. I said, look, President Reagan don't hate you. He don't know you. He's got no relationship to you. He don't know black people. He's not related to black people. He's not married to a sister. He don't hate you. He ain't thinking about you. (laughs) He's indifferent to you because there's no relationship. And to the extent that he has a relationship, he's got the, back then I'd say the Congressional Black Caucus or whatever the group was, would have been calling him every name but the son of God because they didn't like his policies. I said, somebody's calling you a racist. So you have no relationship to black America. The only black people you know are legislators saying you're a racist. So there's a bill that shows up on your desk to sign and help black people. Are you inclined to sign it? <laughs> right, right. I mean, for what? Why? So I say he, he, it, it's it's the indifference that kills you, you know. And yeah. that's what I was trying to get around with that bankers bus tour in South Central LA. Was I'm trying to I was trying to whip indifference. People were just rolling their eyes and you know got their head in the sky and could care less. It's like Beirut was burning. But this is not Beirut. This is your neighborhood right in front of you. I was trying to reweave right. the fabric of society again, that we are all our brother's keeper. We're all God's children. We're all in this thing together. And that's why I think this moment, by the way, now is more powerful than that moment. That was about just black and brown people in South Central LA, primarily. And what's going on right now, you know, after 2020, I mean, 2020 right. scarred everybody. That's true. And everybody saw George Floyd publicly lynched, everyone. And I think everybody was, everybody who got even remotely some sense of justice in their soul found that to be completely unacceptable. And that's not the nation they want to live in. And so I just think that we're in a different moment and we have a chance 
even with all the division and challenges right now, we have a chance to come back to each other. But I think we need a different strategy and a different approach to, to, to achieve that. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I want to talk about an initiative you launched in April. Uh, you vowed to create one million black entrepreneurs and businesses via a $130 million fund with Shopify. Man, I'm not doing I'm not doing any more interviews with you. You do too much research. You you you, uh, you, you be nailing a brother. You you don't let you don't let anybody get away with anything. Like, like, let me I want you like you put my own front street. Let me tell you what you said. <laughs> yes, sir. Well, you know, look, we have a we have some great producers here that that they help me out a lot with my research as well. So I do a, a, a good job myself, but they're they're great. Kudos to them. Yeah, so we we have we um you know I cut all these deals over the internet by the way I mean I did three hundred million dollars worth of agreements and I never met any of these people I did it all over oh, wow. Zoom really um, and, yeah and that's a sort of an untold I don't think I've ever said that publicly again never say never 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 say what you can't yeah. do I did more I closed more deals over Zoom in twelve months than I have done than deals I personally have cut and closed over twelve years. So $130 million, 10-year deal. It's a funny story behind that as, as well. 10-year deal with the second largest e-commerce company in the world to create a million new black businesses, both brick and mortar or just traditional businesses, but also e-commerce businesses. 96% of black businesses don't have an employee. They're sole proprietors. Um, right. Probably the, around the same percentage are not on e-commerce. And you build wealth in your sleep. Like you literally build wealth in your sleep. That's literally right. how you do it. So if you're not on e-commerce, if you're a barbershop, all you're doing is making money, you're not building wealth, you're just cutting some hair and you're going home. And when I call at five o'clock to get, make an appointment, you say, well, hold on a minute, I, I got a clippers in one hand, I got the phone in another, I can't write at the same time, I, I can't look at my appointment book, can you call me back? Maybe I'll call back, maybe I won't, but you've missed out on that opportunity. But if you go right. e-commerce, I'm sitting in my bed at midnight, I go to your website, and forget it to get it looking for a haircut. I make an appointment online. I put in my credit card number. If I cancel, you get to keep my money from the credit card. I, while I'm there, I shop for some hairbrushes, so some hair oil, uh, you know, wave cap, right. you know. Yep. And you you come in tomorrow morning. You, hey, bingo! You know, you've made yeah. revenue in your sleep. That's that's the game changer. It is, and I tell um, young business owners all the time that. You know, the best real estate you can buy is online, right? I mean, yep. you if, when you open a business, I mean, that's the first thing people see uh, when they're introduced to your company. They, I mean, it's just the, it's the era we live in, right? So the first thing they're going to do is Google your company, Google you, yep. uh, and and that's so that's the front door to your to your enterprise. So you're yep. absolutely correct. Yeah, so we're very serious about it. Anybody listening to your program either wants to create a new business or wants to grow their existing business, we are providing a $25,000 package per business to help set them up, which includes the business training, credit score, correction and training, all the e-commerce licenses, uh, Shopify payment systems, delivery systems. You get a credit line for against the sales you make that grows as you grow the, set, you grow the sales of the, comp of the new company. And we have a bunch of professionals in the back end accountants, lawyers, bankers, insurance professionals, et cetera, who serve as a bit of a SWAT team for that new business owner uh, to gird up so that you can actually yeah. become an employer and a, and a real business and not just a self-employment project. Is there a website they should go to to get yes, more sir. information? Hope1MBB, 
org or operationhope.org. All right, great. That's that's good information. And I know a lot of uh, young business owners out, out there listening can definitely use that information. One of the reasons I want, wanted you on my show is to talk to you about Promise Homes Company. And I know that's uh, an enterprise that you've grown and acquired properties over the years. Why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what you're doing in the um, Promise Home Company? Uh, I tell you what, you, you can't. Nobody can come in here and do a lazy interview with you. That ain't happening. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is like a walk-in talking Wikipedia. Uh, uh, Promise Homes Company is uh, the so Operation Hope is the largest nonprofit financial inclusion organization in America. The largest financial coach uh, nonprofit organization in America that is responsible for, for financial literacy policy in this country, amongst other things. Uh, the Promise Homes Company as part of my for-profit companies is the largest for-profit minority controlled owner of single family rental homes in America. So I own, we own about $125 million worth of homes in Atlanta and North Florida, uh, just under 700 homes. We're about to buy some more next month. And I'm massively growing that business right now, separate and apart, of course, from Operation Hope, separate offices, separate staff, separate everything. Also, we have contracted with Operation Hope. We pay a contract with Operation Hope to financially uh, counsel our residents in the Promise Homes Company, give them additional financial literacy, raise their credit score. As yeah. you raise your credit score, we reduce your rent. We give you financial incentives for paying your bills on time to us. As we have work to do in the homes, we hire as a priority minority and women-owned businesses to do the landscaping, roofing, lighting, painting, electrical and other work. My last report I got was that 64, 65% of all our vendors are minority owned vendors. And that just wouldn't have happened if I wasn't a black owned business. Right. Now we know that black Americans lag far behind other groups as, as it relates to home ownership. I think the rate right now is about uh, 44% home ownership, which is 5% behind Hispanics. Uh, white Americans are at 74% home ownership. So how's your work at um, Promise Homes helping to close this gap? So we have a rent to own strategy that if you pay our rent on time to us, we'll sort of back you after three to five years to go buy a home. You can buy a home from us out of our portfolio, or you can go buy, we had a couple people just go buy homes and we helped you with that process. We essentially back, you know, vouched for you with the lender. And um, we, get Operation Hope to help you make sure your, your debt rate to income ratios are right and your credit score is, is acceptable and you have enough money saved up. It, it sounds like we're this goody two-shoes organization, I'm sure to some. We're really not. We're hardcore capitalists. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> I just, I just, it's just a different kind of capitalism. I mean, I just think you can be a capitalist and not, be, not have to be a jerk. You don't, you don't have to be cruel. Right. Uh, well, you know, I call it doing good by doing good. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah you exactly. can you, yeah. you can make money and 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 also uh, do good work in the process. Oh yeah, and, and and you know if somebody is not paying me rent and they're doing it intentionally, maliciously, like they're just trying to game the system with me, you got to go. I, I've said, I've said if somebody comes in, I'm giving a speech somewhere, five thousand people in the audience, pre or post COVID, and the person like gets up in the middle of my speech. John Hope Bryant, you ain't worth nothing. You you kicked me out of one of your homes. I would respond and say, young lady, what's your name? Mrs. My name is Mrs. Jones. Okay, Mrs. Jones, there's a person in the audience that works for me. 
the name is blank blank. Please see them, right, after the program. Now, let me finish my speech, but let me just say this. If you got kicked out of one of my houses, you really worked at it. <laughs> because I'm doing everything I can to try to help you help yourself. Now, if you just won't pay rent, you got to go. I'm not, I'm not, the, I'm not, so, I'm not some socialist uh, welfare program. I, I can't help, I can't help the legitimate residents who are trying to raise their family, do their thing. I can't give them all the services I just mentioned to you. I can't help the minority vendors I just told you about. I can't do any of that good work unless people pay their rent. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I, I'm real, I'm, I'm transparent and full throttle about the whole thing. Like, you know, help me help you help us but if you're trying to game me you got to go like like today <laughs> <laughs> now uh, atlanta has a pretty uh hot housing market so what do yeah. you see i guess for the future of the promise company there in atlanta buy as many homes as fast as i can <laughs> uh, and, and i'm trying to tell everybody everybody um everybody who's listening to this my wife came to Atlanta from New York, from Manhattan. And she's like, John, why is anybody renting? <laughs> she's like, look, you know, I, I'm not trying to talk against, you know, my family's own business here, but why is anybody renting anything? She came from Manhattan where, you know, rent in Manhattan before the pandemic was, if you could pay $5,000 or $8,000 a month in rent, you got a bargain, right? She's right. like, wait yes, a minute, wait. she's like, wait a minute. And you got like a nothing, like a 500 square feet place, like no kitchen and, and no amenities. No, no, you pay for your parking separately, right? And she's like, wait a minute, right. for a thousand to fifteen hundred dollars a month, you can get a fourteen hundred square foot house with a front yard, a backyard, and and a parking <laughs> and a garage. You, know, you, she, you can buy that house. Like, why would you? Why would you rent anywhere if you could go buy a house for a hundred thousand dollars? It's yours. And that house that I bought for eighty eight thousand hundred thousand dollars is now worth almost two hundred thousand dollars and and that was so i bought these in 2017. so until the average home value in my neighborhoods that i go after low to moderate income working neighborhoods yeah. uh or workforce housing neighborhoods lower middle class working middle class until those neighborhoods get to 250,000 300,000 per house i would still say they are affordable because you can get a if you have a good credit score you get a five percent mortgage with a $250,000, you know, purchase price, 10% down, you know, you still have a, a, a payment that's $1,500 a month or less. Right. That's yeah. affordable. And I tell people the real estate's not going down. It's going up. There's three things that have never, well, I don't want to be too provocative on this, 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 in this program. There are two <laughs> things. There are two things that have never gone backwards. No, I'll say three things. Um, I'll, I'll leave out one. One is the stock market. Over long over the over time, it's yeah. only increased. Uh, real estate values, there's been dips, but they all increase over time. Uh, right. They aren't growing any more land. Uh, and GDP, gross domestic product, the, the the GDP of this country, gross domestic product, has always grown. So if you ride one of those three things, or ride two of the things, or one of the two things, you'll affect the third thing, the GDP, and you 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 can't help but do better if you're riding that wave. I tell anybody listening to this, go buy a house. Yeah, we're almost ending where we started. Like all these misnomers in the black community, like, oh, buying a home is evil, and 
owning a home. You don't own it. The bank owns it. What are you talking about? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Like, the bank owns it if you don't pay your mortgage. Yeah, but by the way, right. if, I, if I loaned you the money, if you my cousin Pookie and I loan you the money and you don't pay me, Pookie, I'm going to own your house, right? So the right. bank, well, don't get upset with the bank. It, always, it kills me, D, these rappers. They, they, they want the loans of the bank for the for the Ferrari and this and that. But when the, when the career cools down and the bank wants the car back, all of a sudden the bank is a racist. Well, no, you weren't calling the bank a racist when they gave you the loan. Right. <laughs> now they, now they, want, they just want their money back, right? So, uh, again, I want my money back too. Home ownership is beautiful. You're leveraging good debt if you do it right. Oh, good debt is appreciate. Bad debt depreciates. So don't finance jewelry. Right. Don't finance your vacation. Don't finance a rental car, which I just learned that you can do when I was on vacation last week. Oh, yeah, man. I was in Bahamas last week. And I, uh-huh. My head almost exploded. You can finance your vacation to the resort at 36 percent interest. I almost passed out. Oh, wow. Um, I just so got back to the Bahamas myself. Uh, you were you were probably the rich dude on the plane next to me, flashing gold jewelry and had the little entourage. <laughs> That's probably you right next to me. So so you get to write off the interest payments on the mortgage. You get the appreciation, so the value of the house, you benefit from that, and you value in the, so you benefit from taxes on depreciation. You write off the payments on interest expense, and you benefit right. a wealth creation on appreciation. It's your house. Everything above the debt is yours. Whereas if you're just renting, including from me, you're paying off my mortgage. Right. Which I would be happy for you to do. <laughs> hey, that's capitalism for you, right? That's exactly what we've been talking about. John, I want to end on kind of a lighter note. I get an opportunity to watch your debates uh, with Shark Tank star Kevin O'Leary on CNBC. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't funny. think you've ever lost one, have you? <laughs> uh, he cheated one day, and I think there was a draw. But, uh, you know, I mean, look, I'm biased. I think he's a nice guy, and I, I like Kevin, but. He makes it, he sort of makes it easy for me to, I mean, some of the things that come out of his mouth are just sort of ridiculous. <laughs> well, John, let's listen. I appreciate you taking the time out to be on the show. We, we really appreciate you joining us. And uh, like I said earlier at the beginning of the show, I look forward to perhaps connecting with you when I'm in uh, Atlanta sometime. And uh, Oh, my pleasure. We'll love to have you back again. I got to take take my brain pills before I do an interview with you again. <laughs> you, you ain't playing. <laughs> Whoever told me this is going to be an easy interview lied to me. <laughs> no, no. But, but you're making smart sexy, and that's what I like. That's a beautiful thing. Ladies and gentlemen, John Hope Bryant. And that's it for this episode of The Sky's the Limit. If you enjoy the show, make sure that you take a second to subscribe so that you get my new shows when they drop. Also, if you have a minute, I would love for you to leave a review so more people like yourself can discover the show. I'll see you next time. This has been The Sky's the Limit with D Brown. To find out more about D, go to dbrownceo.com. And to connect with the P3 Group, check out the P3GroupInc.com. The Sky's the Limit is a production of Forbes Books. <laughs>